This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope this Thursday finds you well. It's a little rainy here in the Big Easy. I hope everyone is safe during all the storms and rain and thunder. But uh, still have a pretty good show for you. And uh, hopefully we can keep you occupied here on this rainy Thursday. We are getting to talk about uh, Pelicans win today as they beat the Dallas Mavericks last night at the Smoothie King Center 121-118. to 118. The Pelicans began a... Four-game homestand, their last home game homestand of the season. Three more to go. Next one against the Sacramento Kings. But last night, beat the Mavericks 121 to 118. I labeled it as an elimination game for either of these teams as both are still mathematically alive for a playoff spot, but they will need a little help from some other teams, and they would need to also win a lot of these games down the stretch. And the Pelicans and the Mavericks uh, were two of those teams that were fighting. And it looks like the Pelicans got the upper hand last night, again, with a final score of 121 to 118. The Pelicans came out a little sluggish in the first quarter, maybe just from the uh, long road trip they had uh, this weekend with it ending in Denver and Utah. And the team didn't get in until 5 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. But after that, they uh, really seemed to click. 36 points in the second, 26 in the third, and 32 in the fourth. 12-point lead at the half, thanks to a DeMarcus Cousins buzzer beater and uh, both those guys, AD and Cousins, combined for 59 points, 29 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 block shots. Unbelievable night. They combined to shoot 20 of 40, and there were 18 of 20 combined from the free throw line. Off the bench, Dante Cuttingham and Jordan Crawford stepped up, both with 15 points each, and both combined to shoot 6 of 10 from beyond the arc. So multiple people contributed last night. Drew Holiday, 18 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. Team shot 51%, only six turnovers for New Orleans. So lots of positives to take away from last night's game. And now they get ready for a matchup with the Sacramento Kings on Friday. And uh, Buddy Keeled makes his return to the Smoothie King Center along with Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway. And of course, DeMarcus Cousins takes on his former team. On the Saints side, the NFL meetings are winding down. The owners meetings, I should say, in Phoenix, Arizona. John DeShazer and crew are doing a good job getting some interviews from out there. We heard from Sean Payton, Saints head coach, yesterday. And today, we'll hear from general manager Mickey Loomis as he caught up with J.D. in Phoenix to talk about some of the rule changes, the Raiders' relocation, what's going on with the Saints this offseason. So a must-listen here on this Thursday as the owners' meetings are coming to a close. And we also have a special guest for you on today's show, Jarius Robertson, of course, the Saints superfan. He's been doing a slew of interviews for us over the past week, we've heard from Zach Ryder, WWE superstar. We've also heard from Randy Moss, NFL legend. And now we're going back to WWE as Stephanie McMahon joins the show today to talk with Jerry about WrestleMania, which is this Sunday in Orlando, Florida. And then next year, he'll be back here at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So Jerry and Stephanie will talk about that and what to look forward to for Sunday's WrestleMania. On the NBA side... We'll get a national perspective on the Pelicans from Sean Devaney, NBA writer for the Supporting News. We'll also try to get him to pick an MVP winner. And I know it's very hard to do, and he does have a vote for the MVP race. But, man, Russell Westbrook, 57 points in a triple-double last night in a win for Oklahoma City. James Harden continues to play well for the Rockets, who are sitting at the three-seed right now. Not sure who to choose. We'll see if Sean has an answer for you on today's show. We'll also talk about 
the Cousins trade and also the playoff races as there are two weeks down here, two weeks left in the NBA season. All right, so enough from me. Let's get started. Up next, it's Sean Devaney from Sporting News, then JD with Mickey Loomis, and we'll wrap things up with Jarius and Stephanie McMahon. Don't you go anywhere. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Chicago Bulls Sunday, April 2nd, with free mini basketballs for the first 3,000 kids. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. We continue to talk basketball on this Thursday. Joining me now is Sean Devaney, NBA writer for the Sporting News. Sean, good morning. Glad to have you back on the program. Well, thanks for having me, Daniel. Not a problem. Uh, There are so many things going on around the league, Sean. I want to get your thoughts on the MVP race, but first I want to talk playoff races in the East and the West. What races intrigue you the most with two weeks left in the season? Well, you know, obviously we've got a race for uh, for, for the number one seed uh, in the Eastern Conference that I think is is, is playing out uh, uh, in pretty interesting fashion. You've got the Celtics. Uh, I think it would be a very big thing for them to come in and, and, and steal that number one seed from Cleveland, uh, give them some confidence going into the postseason. That's a team that uh, most of the players on this team uh, we're not part of the the Celtics teams that had uh, Pierce and Garnett. I think Avery Bradley is the only one. So uh, if they were able to get that number one seed, I think that would be uh, a big boost for uh, you know a group where, where most of the guys have never been out of the first round of the postseason. So uh, I think that that's pretty interesting. Boston will play Cleveland next week. So 
uh, that should be uh, a game worth paying attention to. Uh, and, you know, you still have uh, Washington and Toronto sort of lingering there as well. So I think uh, that, that the top of that Eastern Conference is going to be uh, pretty pretty fascinating to watch. And, and you still have the race uh, at the bottom of the West. Uh, you know, I think it would be uh, a nice way for the Blazers to wrap up what's been a tough season if they could actually get into the postseason. And, of course, the Nuggets as a young team, I think that they'd really like to uh, uh, to, to get that experience as well. So, yeah, there's, there, there's still some pretty good races going on here. Um, are you surprised with the Cavs as far as what's going on with them? Or also, are you a little concerned about them? Are they in trouble, or is this maybe just a rough patch for them that they'll figure out when it comes playoff time? Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody talks about being able to flip the switch, and 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 that's fine, except that you know it's the end of March, and <laughs> so if you've got if you've got a a switch that you can flip, you usually flipped it by now, and and that that so that is a little bit of a concern for me. Uh, I think their defense has been pretty atrocious. Uh, you know, they are I believe they're twenty third in defensive efficiency. If they were to reach the finals. They would be the worst defensive team in terms of regular season efficiency. They would be the worst defensive team to ever make the finals. So, uh, you, you know, they're finding a little bit of history there. Uh, you know, their pick and roll defense has been really, really bad. Uh, you know, that starts with Kyrie Irving. We all know that, 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 that he is a, a weak spot in that defense. I think, uh, you know, the injuries to guys like Amon Shumpert, that's, that's, that's hurt them a little bit in terms of their defense as well. So uh, I, I, I do think that that is a concern uh, heading into the postseason. I'm not sure there's anybody in the East who can really uh, knock them off, uh, but, but certainly the way that they've defended uh, coming into the, the playoffs here, I think that that has to be a, a big red flag. I think in the Western Conference, everyone was concerned for a few moments a couple weeks ago about the Warriors when the Spurs were creeping up on them for the one seed in the West. But then the Warriors now in the last couple games have taken down the Spurs and the Rockets with the Spurs coming or the Warriors coming back in good fashion last night against San Antonio. Do you see anyone contending with the Warriors here in the West? No, you know, and I, and I think you're right that, that the last couple of weeks here, this, this nine-game streak that they've been on uh, has sort of quelled any, uh, any questions as to uh, uh, just how good they are. It took them a little while to adjust to playing without Durant after, after, you know, they got used to having him back in the lineup and they got used to sort of adjusting the way they play with him. Uh, they had to kind of revert to more the type of team that they were last year, a little bit more perimeter-oriented uh, without that mid-range game that, that Durant can give you. Uh, so I, I think once they made that adjustment, we've seen that they've played much, much better. Uh, they'll get Durant back possibly before the season starts, I think, uh, before the postseason starts. Uh, but, but, but even if he even if he does play in the regular season again, Will only be a couple games, so they'll have to, you know, work on on, on getting him back uh, uh, into the flow when he does come back, and and that can be tough to do in the playoffs. Uh, however, you know, I I don't think anybody uh, uh, is too worried about the Warriors uh, not at least making it to the uh, to the conference finals. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I don't know about you, but I can't figure out this MVP race. Just when I think it's James Harden. <laughs> Russell Westbrook puts up ridiculous numbers like he did last night in Orlando. I'm glad I don't have a boat, but do you have a front runner right now, or is it just so close that you're not sure what to do? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do have a vote, and uh, and uh, it is something that I'm I'm going to have to really uh, uh, consider when when I do fill it out. I, I would say my front runner is Russell Westbrook, just because 
Um, I am inclined, if somebody does something historic, like average a triple-double, something that hasn't been done in 55 years, uh, while leading the league in scoring, uh, look, I know his shooting percentage isn't great. I know the efficiency isn't great. I know the team uh, is, uh, is sort of in the, in the bottom half of the West playoff race. Uh, I get all that. But when a guy does something like that and, and, and has to carry a team the way that Russell Westbrook does, I have a hard time not voting for him as, uh, uh, as MVP. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, Harden has been fantastic. You can make a case for Kawhi Leonard. Of course, you always have to consider LeBron. Uh, but, but I just think that, that the, the history of what Russell Westbrook is doing right now, I just have a hard time ignoring that. And uh, uh, even though the team isn't, uh, isn't necessarily great, uh, I think right now he would get my vote. So when you're diving into the MVP race and trying to figure out who to vote for, let's say not even just this year, how much weight do you put on the team and how they're doing as far as the standings are concerned and how much, uh, what numbers they're putting up statistically? I know Westbrook's putting up historic numbers like you mentioned, but how much weight goes into how the team is doing and how well he's playing on the court? Yeah, I mean a lot, and uh, you know, I mean, if if look, if 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 the Thunder were the the third seed in the West rather than the Rockets, I don't think there's any question that 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 uh, uh, that, that it would be Westbrook. So the fact that uh, that they are number six in the in the West, you know, a chance to maybe move up to number five or, or even possibly number four, um, you know, the, just the fact that they are where they are, that that that's what makes this close. That's what makes this uh, a much tougher decision. So yeah, yeah, no question, I weigh. The, uh, the the performance of the team uh, and, w- and what that guy is doing for the team uh, as part of that decision, uh, but you know you also have to consider just the the individual greatness and and no question that 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 what we've seen from Westbrook uh, consistently and that's the thing, Daniel is is this is night in and night this is like every possession the guy has to be uh, so intense and has to be uh, on on his game at all times that team just does not have very much at all. The fact that they have won 43 games uh, is remarkable and really is a testament to uh, just the, the way he's been able to be consistent uh, and to bring that, that, that intensity and that, uh, that energy uh, to every possession. That's tough to do over 82 games, but here he is doing it. Yeah, it's been really exciting to watch, that's for sure. And um, that brings me up to my next point with Anthony Davis. I know he's not in the MVP discussion because of the Pelicans' record, but if the Pelicans were a lot better, let's say middle of the pack in the Western Conference, where would AD fit in the MVP conversation? Because I know there's so many nights now that AD's putting up ridiculous numbers now, four straight games of 30 and 13. Where would AD fit in the MVP conversation if the Pelicans were a little farther up in the standings? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, if they were number six, like the Thunder, then, uh, then yeah, obviously he would, uh, he would be getting some consideration just for, uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who's averaging 12 rebounds, 28 points, uh, you know, and, and, and it's just so efficient uh, with the way that he scores. Uh, you know, I, I would think that he would have to certainly be on the ballot. You know, we get to vote for five guys, so you'd certainly have to have him uh, on the ballot. Um, you know, and defense, I think too often when we talk about MVP, we don't really uh, consider the defensive impact. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I would consider Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but, but certainly with AD, you'd have to consider his defense, too, the way he's able to control the paint. Uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, 2.2 blocks a game is, is, is impressive, but it's also uh, 
you know the number of shots that he changes and the and the way that uh, uh that he can intimidate guys from uh, from even trying to come into the paint so uh yeah he would he would he would certainly be top 5 i think if the pelicans were uh were just a little better all right from afar what do you think of the pelicans post demarcus cousins trade they've won uh 7 of their last 10 do you see the pelicans taking a huge leap next year or does it kind of depend on what moves they make in the offseason what are your thoughts on them so far post boogie trade yeah, you know, I mean, I really think it's interesting, and 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 uh, you know, I've I've heard all sorts of different things about what what the plans are going to be, and and you know, what uh, Alvin Gentry's future is going to be. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of questions as to that, uh, but you know, one thing that Gentry has done since. Cousins has come aboard uh, is that he's completely changed the the, the style that he's coached. You know, he's brought in obviously to coach a Warriors type uh, uh, a Warriors type style, and now he's got these two guys, and, and and what they've got to do is is slow things down and 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 you know really use that size on both ends of the floor. Uh, and they've been doing that, and and you know the the fact that Alvin has shown that he can do that 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 might be enough to uh, uh, to save his job there because uh, he, you know like I say he was he's brought in to coach a completely different kind of team. So uh, the fact that they've been able to do what they do, I, I've been really impressed uh, uh, with the way that 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 they have completely uh, uh, overhauled uh, their approach and 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 have really slowed things down and and, and used that size as an advantage. Uh, and that's obviously going to be the, the the plan going forward, uh, I think that obviously they need some shooters. That that that's going to be the uh, the big thing this off season. Uh, you know, with with probably a, a limited budget, how do you go out and 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 find some guys who can stretch the floor for you? Uh, that's going to be the real key for them. All right, that's Sean Devaney, NBA writer for the Sporting News. You can follow him at on Twitter at Sean Devaney. Sean, I appreciate the time as always, and uh, enjoy the uh, the playoff race here. Should be a fun couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, Daniel. All right. We'll be back after this quick timeout. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. As I mentioned, John DeShazer from NewOrleansaints.com has been in Phoenix, Arizona for the NFL owners' meetings. We heard from head coach Sean Payne yesterday. Time now to hear from Saints general manager Mickey Loomis. I guess off the top, we have a, relo- a relocation for another year on the Oakland Raiders. Uh, got the approval to move to Los, An- Las Vegas. Uh, just your thoughts on, on the relocation? Well, um, man, you hate to see teams, you know, have to relocate. You understand it, but um, you know, I think we'd all prefer for uh, teams to be able to stay in the cities that that uh, they've been in. Uh, and yet, you know, that's that's. Uh, um, 
you know, it's somebody else's franchise, and and um, obviously the the uh, you know the stadium deal that was available in Las Vegas was was uh, um, you know something they liked and feel like they can be successful with. So it's just the nature of the business, really. Now, that's the big NFL news, the big Saints news, obviously, the Brandon Cooks trade. Uh, you guys wanted to be able to position yourselves to help yourselves defensively. Do you feel like you were able to accomplish that? Well, uh, obviously, we, you know, we picked up an asset in, in uh, um, you know, a draft pick and uh, in a draft that we feel like is really a deep draft, especially defensively. Um, I wouldn't say that we wanted to trade Brandon Cooks. He's been a good player for us and uh, uh, a guy that we have a lot of respect for and was really – a productive, professional, um, good teammate, a lot of good things with Brandon Cooks. And yet, um, you know, we feel like obviously we have to help our defense uh, in order to be more competitive on that side of the ball and and, uh, and win more games, and this is an opportunity for us to do that. Is it also a situation where this offense is a tried-and-true offense that's been able to produce uh, with changing parts over the years? Well, I think this, you know, we're confident um, as an organization in our ability to move the ball offensively and score points um you know we don't take it for granted uh, but we're confident uh that we're, we're able to do that and look we just need to improve our roster on on defense and, and give our guys some help and this gives us a chance to do that now this obviously does not guarantee that you will uh pick a, pick two defensive players in the first round but does this give you i guess flexibility to do other things if you choose to do other things yeah, you know, I think the important thing here is we've got five picks in the first three rounds, and um, in in what we view as a pretty deep draft, um, and so we'll be able to help ourselves, and and hopefully that help will be uh, more immediate um, than you would normally expect with young players. But uh, you know, I felt like last year we got some immediate help with uh, a number of our draft picks who who did well in their first year, and. Hopefully we can duplicate that. Mm-hmm. Well, bring us up to date on the on the contact with Malcolm Butler, the cornerback from New England, who is a restricted free agent, but obviously not under contract right now. Well, you know, we've had some discussions, uh, you know, with his agent, and we we obviously had a visit, um, and that's really been the extent of it to, to date. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> if if that. I guess obviously would be a target area for this team, secondary help. Uh, and this is a draft that is deep in secondary help. Having the 11th and the 32nd pick, does that kind of give you, uh, I guess, positivity in, in, in terms of being able to fill that position or, or to pick up the help? Well, you know, I think this, you know, your offseason consists of free agency and the draft and um, maybe an opportunity to make a trade or two. And so, you know, we've just hit this first phase of free agency. Um, you know, we're, we're working on the draft, and, and obviously, as I mentioned, we feel like it's a pretty deep draft, and, and we have a number of picks, so we feel like we can help ourselves there, and yet we're always looking. You know, we're always looking for um, uh, players that can help us, um, particularly, you know, on defense uh, uh, this year. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. What do you like about the free agents that you have been able to pick up so far, um, whether it be A.J. Klein or Manti Teow or, or, you know, the offensive lineman? What do you like about the, the free agent class so far? Well, I, I think this, uh, you know, we went into this uh, period looking for tough, smart um, players, uh, um, whether they're going to be starters or whether they're going to give us depth, um, you know, in both cases. And we had a number of guys that, that were on our roster a year ago that were free agents that we wanted to make sure we we uh, offered contracts to and, and hopefully retained. And, and so we've been able to do that. 
uh, for the most part. And, you know, I'm excited about this class of uh, free agents that we've got. Yeah. Uh, specifically, Ted Ginn Jr., I know a lot of people are probably looking at him as a Brandon Cook's replacement, and yet, you know, every player is different, and he's also a guy who can return punts. Is that a specialty area that he really can help the team with? Yeah, well, look, I think he's a talented player that we've, uh, uh, he's made a lot of plays against us, it seems like, in the last few years, and, and, um, so we, we've seen firsthand some of the things that he can do. I, you know, we went into that with the idea that, um, look, if we had Ted and Brandon, man, we'd be, uh, uh an even better team. And so, um, you know, I like, I like the, I like the pickup. He's a, he's a, a pro who's been around a long time. He can impart some knowledge to a young group of receivers and, and, um, I'm excited to have Ted Ginn Jr. Yeah, I know you guys go into the uh, off season with I think a 30 point plan, is it, or somewhere along those yeah. lines? How many points have you been able to check <laughs> off so far? Well, that's a good question. Uh, uh, I don't remember how many we had to start with, but we we've been able to check off a number of them, and uh, we'll get some more in the draft, and 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 hopefully pick up. Uh, uh, another item along the way, but I think we're off to a good start. Yeah, of course, we're here at the owners' meetings. Um, a couple of rules changes implemented. Uh, the leaper has been tossed out now, uh, I guess a year too late, unfortunately, for Saints fans. But, you know, just some of your thoughts on, on some of the rules changes that have gone, gone into effect. Well, I think most of them are pretty minor in, in, in the entire scheme of things. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, we were the victim of that leaper uh, uh, block a couple of times last year. I like the play personally. I think it's a real athletic play. Um, but I understand, you know, for safety and, and health reasons, the reasons that, uh, uh, you know, it was changed. Um, but like you said, it was one year too late for us. <laughs> and now we head on, into the rest of it. Um, a couple of pro days coming up, obviously, the NFL draft on the horizon. Um, is there anything that we should be looking for from the Saints? We know you guys are, remain active in free agency also. Yeah, listen, we're always looking. Um you know, our college scouts and, and a lot of our coaches have been a number of pro days, so we're, we're, uh, we're doing all of our due diligence uh, on this draft class, and, and we've got a lot more work to do between now and the draft. And, and um, you know, we've got to, we, you know, we've got to be right on on this draft, uh, particularly with five picks in the first three rounds. You know, we need to make those count, uh, and I know we will. At this point in the process, how important is it, I guess, when you bring guys in for a visit? Because some of them you were able to see at Senior Bowl, some you were able to see at the NFL Combine. But how important is it, I guess, to bring in other players to Saints, uh, to Saints campus just to talk to them and get a feel yeah. for them? Well, I, you know, I think, I think this, and uh, part of the process is you always want to have some kind of face-to-face -face with the players that you're eventually going to bring into your organization. Um, and some of it is... is uh, uh, information that you need to glean some of it is just an intuition and a feel for the type of person that you're bringing into your building and does he fit um the culture that you've created in, in your building and so those important those visits are really important i think uh, along with all the other all the other uh, uh pieces of information from physicals to drill work to um you know the actual uh, you know game study that we do which is pretty extensive all of it's important. All of it uh, factors into the decision-making process, and, and uh, you know, the more information, the better, and that includes a visit. Also, J.D. met with Saints President Dennis Lausha. You can hear see that and watch it on NewOrleansSaints.com. Also, if you missed Sean Payton's press conference yesterday with the media, you can watch that as well on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app. Up next, we'll wrap things up. We'll also hear from Stephanie McMahon as Jarius Robertson speaks with her. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. 
future is bright for your New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. Those locking in their seats by Friday, March 31st will take advantage of the price freeze and also receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. I'm Jerry Robson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All right, before we get out of here on this Thursday, of course, WrestleMania is this Sunday in Orlando, Florida. And, of course, the main event will be here in New Orleans next year in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Jarius Robertson, who is a big Saints fan, as you all know, also a big WWE fan. He's been doing a, a lot of interviews for us in the past week. And earlier this week, he caught up with Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon of the WWE. Of course, Jarius and Stephanie talk about WrestleMania coming here to New Orleans next year and what to look forward to to this year's WrestleMania in Orlando, Florida. JJ, take it away. Now, I know Orlando might be a little far for you to get to, but as you know, next year's WrestleMania is where? New Orleans. That's right. And so I want to personally invite you to come to WrestleMania next year and be my guest. Does that sound like a good thing? Sound like an awesome thing. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you're in then. I'm booking you. It's official. Yep. Hook me up. <laughs> Hook you up. So what, what match are you looking forward to most for WrestleMania? Uh, I'm looking forward Is to the Roman Reigns match. The Roman Reigns match? Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker? Yep, because I think the person that they, they just battled on SmackDown is going to interfere. You keep saying SmackDown. You gotta start saying Raw. No, that's what it was on. <laughs> so, do you think Roman's gonna be able to retire the Undertaker? Yep. I want to get hit with that Superman punch in that spear again. It's night night. Yeah, it could be night night for the Undertaker. You but never he, know. So he's got right. a pretty good track record at WrestleMania. Except for one time. I think he's what, like twenty three and one, something like that. You remember where he lost? It's tough to beat the Undertaker. No, where did he lose? Where was that match? Uh, that was. Do you know Jarius? Superdome. Yep. That's right. And, and who who did he lose to? Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. We correct. need to get we need to get Paul out there because he talks too much. <laughs> he keeps talking to Brock Roman Lesnar. Paul Heyman too. He's like he's like. Oh, Brock Lesnar, my client, Brock Lesnar. I have to agree with you. Paul Heyman does talk too much. He's like Vicky. He's like Vicky. <laughs> you know, remember Vicky? I do remember Vicky. That's what he like. Talk too ah, much. Vicky Guerrero is actually such an awesome person. I know her. Yep, but when it comes down to when she got a match or something, she's going to talk her way out. 
Did you know that Vicky once threw me in a vat of, like, chocolate substance? What? Yeah, she, she threw me right in there. She got me good. That was weird. You should have expected it. I don't know. I kind of deserved it, though, because I threw her in first, and then <laughs> she got even. So what do you, what kind of matches are we going to have coming to New Orleans? Well, that, that remains to be seen. Do you think? We're not too, too sure, because we're really focused right now on, on this Sunday. And we've do got, John Cena have a match know, at WrestleMania? He does, and he's actually teaming up with his girlfriend, Nikki Bella, against Miz and Maurice. And then you've got, you know, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg for the Universal Goldberg title. Goldberg win and, again. Well, we'll see. And then Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for you know, the WWE Championship. That, that need to come Who's going to win that one? Randy Orton. You think Orton? You need to give John a title shot. We need John. And then he has to give John Cena a title shot? Yep. And then my brother is going to face AJ Styles. I don't know about that one, but I got my money you don't on know about Sean. That one. Yeah. He's but do you remember Shane? Something. Shane jumped off the top of the Hell in the Cell last year yeah, at wrestling. He's always doing something he got no business doing. Like yeah, I know. Business. He's but he's like a stuntman. It's kind yeah. of exciting to watch. That's, that's why. That's why his bones get old fast. Cause yeah. He's always doing. He's always like a daredevil stuff. He is a daredevil. I have to tell you, I pray every time he goes to do something. <laughs> I really do. Are <laughs> uh, you going to have Rey Mysterio appear back? I don't know. We we haven't talked to Rey in a little while. I think he needs to appear back because I'm missing the 619. You are missing the 619, huh? Yep. All right, we'll see. Ropes. I'll see what I can do about that. Yep. And I have another question. Okay, go for it. I need to give me a match, too. Me? You? Yep, me, Zack Ryder, Roman Reigns, and John Cena versus anybody. Versus any any four? Any four. I mean, that's a pretty solid force you got going on right there. Cause I, I think picked, you picked some good teammates. I picked the best of the best. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're smart. Well, I always knew that. Just just throw Miz in there so we can give him a beat down. <laughs> so Miz will be on the other team. Yep. And who else? Who else uh, don't you who like? Who else I don't like personally? Who else? Let me think. <laughs> and Wyatt, the Wyatts. You don't like the Wyatts? No. No. They're you really do watch a lot of they're SmackDown. They're just creepy. They're just creepy, I mean. Well, I agree they're creepy. Because they've been here. They're totally creepy. Those guys bend their back. Yeah. And just because they're tough. Acts like a, like a voodoo doll taking over. That's New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, they is from the country. Because they do eat a lot of gators, I bet. You know a lot about voodoo down there, right? Yep. You need to come try some alligator. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe when I come to New Orleans, you have to show me around. Yep, maybe. And and when was the last time you had a match? Me? Oh, it was like two or three years ago. Who did you face? Brie Bella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, and Brie Bella go with Chase da- and Chase Daniel? Do you know Brie Bella's about to have a baby? 
Oh, Lord. That means you, do you know who she's married to? That means John about to come on. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Daniel Bryan. He's, yep. he's, he's crazy, too. Yeah, but you like Daniel Bryan, right? Yeah, because But you know, he's confusing in the head. He's like, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes. He's <laughs> like, man. Well, he used to be confused, but I think he's straightened it out now. I think now. he still confused me. <laughs> I'm telling you. Maybe you're right. By my source. Everything's just crazy what he's doing. So, do you like Dean Ambrose? Yeah. So, who's going to win at WrestleMania, Dean Ambrose or Baron Corbin? Oh, we're going to have to see to find out. Hmm. Ambrose. Hmm. Ambrose is crazy. He's crazy. He is. Sometimes that works, though. Yeah, he's you have crazy. to be just crazy enough, right? Are you going to use the bat? A bat? The no, spiky bat. Sting. Sting uses the bat. No, remember he used it against one somebody. What's that name? Yeah, every now and then he, he does something like that. I don't know. I no remember, bats allowed. I remember when he cut Jericho's jacket. That was, <laughs> that was funny. pretty funny. That was funny, I agree. And then Jericho hit the man with the pot. Boom! Yep. And and Jericho is facing <coughs> Kevin Owens. Yeah, that's a match going wrong. That it match is, is not going to end. Because they were best friends. Yeah, that's why it's not going to end. They're going to be a tie. Yeah, you and might then, be right because they know each other so well. They're going to be like, oh, why are we fighting? Go, wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got to let you go. Jerry's All right, Jerry. Well, happy birthday. You're going to have something um, in the mail on your birthday, okay? Yes. All right. And I hope I see you before next year's WrestleMania, and I will talk to you soon. See you. Good stuff there from Jerry it's, and Stephanie McMahon. Huge thank you to Stephanie McMahon for coming on the show. I know it's a busy time right now as WrestleMania is approaching. One more interview to go for Jerry, and that's with LSU safety, I guess I should say former LSU safety, Jamal Adams, as he's getting ready for the NFL draft. That'll do it for today's show. Big thanks to Saints General Manager Mickey Loomis, John DeShazer, and Sean Devaney, and of course, JJ and Stephanie McMahon. Don't forget tonight, the Alvin Gentry Show is yours from 7 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 99.5 WRNO, the flagship station for your New Orleans Pelicans. It's our most extensive interview with head coach Alvin Gentry. I'll spark up the conversation with him later on today. Of course, you'll hear the Devaney interview if you missed some of it. And we'll also hear from Jason Jones of the Sacramento Bee as we get ready for Pelicans and Kings tomorrow night. On tomorrow's Black and Blue Report, we'll also hear from Jason Jones if you're not able to hear it on the show tonight. And we'll have more free agency talk from the New Orleans Saints. That'll do it for today's show. And until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.